Greetings and welcome. My name is Jack Bybee. I am a near-death experiencer, NDE. This is episode 10 of the Afterlife Question and Answer, and I am delighted to report that based on download figures, this podcast is growing. Thank you, everyone, but especially Asia. Welcome. Here in the United States, we are just a few days away from a major holiday, the Thanksgiving holiday, this coming Thursday, a holiday in which we all are supposed to sit down, make peace, and be thankful for, as in my case, a roof over my head, food on the table, dear friends, and abundance, even my ability to think clearly most of the time with a cold still hanging on, and the ability and thankfulness to communicate and to try to help others. So, if you're listening in the United States, Happy Thanksgiving, and just remember the happy holiday refrain, Vegetarians are Turkey's best friend. Here's what I'll discuss in this episode. Holiday greetings. I've just covered that. Also, I cover very briefly the issue of Ur, a Roman gladiator, a much more in-depth account of Julian of Norwich, the Akashic records and the A-field, and supplying most afterlife answers, but first an appeal, I need questions. Send your question to aftqa23 at gmail.com, aftqa23 at gmail.com. Many thanks. Backgrounder is based on my research to establish what happens in this earth plane consciousness and as it could relate to the afterlife. One of the most ancient recorded Western near-death events is of a Roman centurion by name of Ur, who was killed in battle. After comrades-in-arms laid his body out on the funeral pyre, then setting fire to the pyre, this courageous centurion startled all around by recovering consciousness and, to all intents and purposes, exhibited a return from the dead. This was reported by Aristotle years ago. A very similar event, not quite so drastic, occurred to myself when I recovered consciousness while my body was being wheeled to the hospital morgue. At least, I had no flames in the kindling of the funeral pyre. But what has all this got to do with the afterlife? Here I mention Julian of Norwich, who lived from 1342 to 1416 and was cloistered in the Cathedral of Julian in Norwich, England. So, why include something on a mystic from 600 years ago in a podcast that purportedly helps to, is there to help the modern day listener? Fascination for me 
is what Julian of Norwich wrote in her Revelations of Divine Love in 1395, and I feel it is as relevant today, 2023, from a metaphysical aspect as it was way back then. Especially, I find that Julian of Norwich's views of a non-wrathful, non-judgmental, all-perfect God, as I detail in Memories of Eternity, is what I and others have found, and what you too, in spirit, will probably find. Bear in mind that most NDE, based on emotion and thought, are, in most cases, different one from the other. Julian of Norwich is regarded as an important spiritual and Christian mystic. She wrote one of the oldest female interpretations of a state of ecstasy. Born on the 8th of November 1342 to what was probably a privileged family at that time in Norwich, England. Norwich was then the second largest city in England, and author of Revelations of Divine Love, Julian died in 1416 and is now venerated by both Anglican and Lutheran denominations. In any event, Julian fell very ill, and to all intents and purposes had a deathbed vision in which she interacted with the Christos. She received 15 showings or revelations. Weird as it sounds, I experienced similar deathbed visions. I go into much more detail in Memories of Eternity. Now, Julian was a woman of the 1300s, more than likely uneducated and at best barely literate. Was she able to comprehend the profound nature of the deathbed vision? I see no reason why not. What we now term deathbed visions could easily have been inspiration for her revelations of divine love, written about 1395. Revelations of Divine Love is reputed to be the first book in the English language to be written by a woman. I'm, what I mention here supports the research of what doctors Ring, Moody, Grayson et al. first coming to grips with the enormity of the near-death experience. Dr. Ring's research suggest between 17 and 20 years, and later contemplation could easily last up to 30 years or even beyond. In Julian's case, she had no one to turn to for information or help. At least I found Raymond Moody's book, The Light Beyond, which took me off as to what happened to me, and this was after 17 years. Then came Ken Ring's help, and also for Bruce Grayson and others. It takes a lot of emotional unloading and contemplation to have the courage to talk about an event as emotionally enormous as this, or initially, I should have said. 
I can only guess how traumatic it must have been 600 years ago without the internet or public information for Julian of Norwich. From my own three dead deathbed visions, separated only by a few hours of unconsciousness and sleep, as I was slipping away, the emotional impact was enormous and profound, to say the least. Anyway, I am moving from the distant past to a maybe not too distant future of sorts. I have just plowed through a fascinating book called Science and the Akashic Field, an integrated theory of everything. It is by a well-known scientific author, Irvin Laszlo, and shortly after I penned a letter to him explaining how fascinating the Akashic fields that he describes were to me as a near-death experiencer, I realized that Laszlo had passed on, regrettably. Laszlo introduces the Akashic records and a concept he calls the Akashic field, or A-field, as he calls it. This is something I suspected but was never able to confirm, and I don't like pure speculation, or I don't like going into print and making public pure speculation. So, as far as I can understand matters, and this concept has interested me for many years, in that how does, for instance, emotion or thought or any positive or negative vibration get transferred? There are instances of a vibration that is transferred between humans, or, as often happened to me, from myself to my border collie, and, of course, a border collie back to me. These dogs aren't stupid. So how does this happen? What still holds a bit of interest is that even in the near-death experience, in death consciousness, emotion and feelings of all sorts are experienced, even though I was surrounded by perfect love. And that in itself... I could feel and experience. Well, how did it reach me? I believe that Laszlo has at least the start of an answer in what he calls the A-field, the Akashic field. I'm going to try to paraphrase something that Laszlo details that is fascinating the way he writes it, but this is not an advanced quantum mechanics course, so I'm going to try and put it as simply as possible. To paraphrase, emotion, whether positive or negative, is transmitted, and when it is transmitted, it is in a state of non-locality. In other words, it exists as a quantum wave of probability which means that it could be at point A or not. There is a probability that it is at point A, or it could be at a location of non-locality, Z, or not. Now, to get to this point that is understandable, 
how does this relate to the afterlife? Well, I'm of the opinion that this can explain a lot of, as I previously detailed, what appears as miracles and what explains how the future really isn't. It already exists and it exists because of the A-field. To quote Shakespeare, and there are more things in heaven and earth, Horatio, than are dreamt of in your philosophy. And to follow up on that quote by Einstein, Bohm, Schrodinger, and others, everything that has happened, everything that will happen, is all happening now. And this was expounded on by Eckhart Tolle in his book, The Power of Now. Similarly, it's just something that I experience on a regular basis that is creating art or writing or whatever, and that is creativity. Where does that force of creativity come from? There are times when I am completely baffled by creativity and what is flowing through me especially via my paintbrush. How does my hand know to do this and go where it goes to create an image? Yes, of course, it's my brain at work, but what gets my brain chugging along? Even more astounding, in the end, there's a rather decent art image on the canvas. So where does that creativity come from? In my opinion, it, it comes via the A-field, the Akashic field. Now, we start to deal with something really touchy, and that, well, isn't creativity divine? Are all these issues we are talking about not in the realm of organized religion, or are we dealing with a change in thinking? And even if it is in the realm of organized religion, as far as I'm concerned, so what? Creativity is creativity. And remember one thing that I often deal with. To change your reality, all you need to do is change your thinking. That, many thanks to the author Neil Donald Walsh and his wonderful set of books, Conversations with God. However, even more to the point of the divine and the concept of the Akashic field, what about meditation? Or take it even further, prayer. We all pray or meditate or, <laughs> like myself, I often talk to myself when I go walking and after looking over my shoulder to make certain no one's there to listen to me talking, I ask a question to the universe and then I wait for the answer. And believe it or not, very often the answer comes. But how does that thought or my talking or how does it get to where it gets to and how does it get back? And this is what I'm going to explore a lot further. This 
of the Akashic field that Laszlo talks about, I think it's fascinating. Stay tuned. I have digressed ever so slightly, but for me, I'm trying to help others understand what happens when we reach the death consciousness, as sooner or later we all will. So whether creativity is divine or whether creativity is not divine and explained by something as mundane as quantum entanglement, I think it's time for me to go off and sketch and get my thoughts together and rethink this whole thing. It's quite possible a new paper or article or something combining these two concepts could be in the offing. Stay tuned. Here's a call to action. Please remember, you and I are here to learn life lessons. If you feel that life has reached a point where you just cannot continue, please get help. Call 988 in the USA. Contact a helpline in your area, a minister of religion or therapist. Suicide is not an option, period, full stop. There is always help available, even though I maintain that nothing comes your way that you cannot handle. And in wrapping up, please submit your questions on the afterlife to aftqa23 at gmail.com. All questions used will be read anonymously. Here is my offer, my short story, A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Morgue. And please request a funny thing in the header, with or without your question. Thank you so much for your financial support. Please go to https forward slash forward slash afterlifeqa.buzzsprout.com to access other episodes of this podcast and to download Memories of Eternity or to make a gofundme.com donation. Until next time, may you walk in peace, journey in delight, may the blessings of the Perfect One be with you and yours. Always. Namaste. Jack out.